Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. It was very easy to watch Sunday's victory against the Rams and come to the conclusion that Kyler Murray simply doesn't know the offense as well as he should, that he can only play and thrive in a backyard football kind of setting. And if that's the truth, then we've got big problems in Arizona. But that can't be true, right? Because if Murray doesn't really know the offense well enough to play with the poise and the decisiveness that a 36-year-old journeyman brought to the team, then there wouldn't be a quarterback controversy in the Valley. McCoy would be the starting quarterback Monday night in Mexico City, and that's because the stark contrast between quarterback performance and as a corollary, the performance of the head coach, it would demand as much. It's also easy to listen to Cliff Kingsbury's words about Colt McCoy and see everything he's not getting from the $230 million quarterback. Kingsbury raved about McCoy, saying quote, the way he led, the professionalism, their early, stayed late. The communication was through the roof. It was awesome to see, end quote. We all know all of those attributes are not exactly strong suits of Kyler Murray, which makes this upcoming game and decision at quarterback very interesting. A game in which Murray better look better than he has in a while. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you from my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. I think with Colt, I mean, the games that he's played for us, I think the biggest deal is just, like I said, the pre-snap recognition, getting it out to those playmakers on time, accurate, within catch and run, and, and uh, he's just had a had a good feel for the offense since he's been here. Um, a lot of the concepts you know, that he likes, he'll communicate with us during the week, and he'll have thoughts, and uh, so it's, it's been good getting on the same page, but I think just the situation, he hadn't been in many situations with this type of talented receiving core around him, and I think that's really showing up, um, that when he has weapons like we have, he can be really efficient and get to those guys and play at a high level. Yeah, imagine if he so, or Kyler Murray had a full complement of receivers at well, any point this year. Well, yeah, again, I, I've heard that too, like all this um, anticipation for if Hollywood Brown comes back and joins this this crew. Mm-hmm. Look, I, they've had a hard enough time making it work with what they They've had so I'm not banking on anything in the future. We already seen that it's it's never as easy as it sounds. And plugging in guys and going, oh wow, look how great we're going to be. I think more to the point though is just this very nature of why doesn't. Kyler Murray get rid of the ball as fast and as decisively as Colt McCoy if he really truly knows the offense. There was a time when Cliff Kingsbury said Kyler Murray knows the offense better than anybody. And, and he's been in it for four years. So the question becomes, what's, what is going on here? It, 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 because again, this is, it's, it, these are all heavy, flattering words to be praised or to be uh, heaped on Colt McCoy, and he deserved it from Sunday's game. But if, if it's really that, if it's really a case that Kyler Murray doesn't know it as well and thereby hangs onto the ball too long, then where, where are you going with that? Yeah. Um, it, it, there's so much to consider in all of it, and like, I, you're right. Cliff Kingsbury is saying these things about Colt McCoy based on what we saw from Colt McCoy mm-hmm. in a big game situation. The Cardinals needed that win to keep any hopes alive of them, you know, getting to the playoffs or staying in this race. They needed that win, and they got it. But by saying the things that Cliff Kingsbury says about Colt McCoy, 
I think there's a, a, a tendency to take that and then apply it to another player. Right. And it's happening with Kyler Murray, fairly or unfairly, mm-hmm. it's it's happening. Well, Colt McCoy prepares. Well, yeah, you would hope he prepares. That doesn't necessarily mean that Cliff Kingsbury is upset with Kyler Murray's preparation. It, it's just that, you know... Uh, this, but why did the offense look so different? Because if, if, if that's the way it's supposed to look, yes. okay, then you're running practices all week long with Kyler Murray at quarterback. Is it not looking that way in practice? Is it not translating to games? Is it a different offense? It, these are all things to consider here because mm-hmm. if Colt McCoy really knows this stuff better and this is the way it's supposed to operate and Kyler Murray can't do it, then why, why isn't there a, a, more of a, quote, controversy well, going that's on? That's what makes this week, the handling of this week from a quarterback standpoint, injuries or not, it makes it absolutely fascinating. Because We talked about it earlier in the week. Do you go with Colt McCoy if he's the healthier quarterback? Well, yeah, the tendency is to say yes. He just came off a very competent performance. This game has a lot of the same feel that last week's game had in terms of importance for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. If you go back to Kyler Murray against, by by the way, a far superior defense than what he faced, uh, what Colt McCoy faced Sunday. No doubt. We can't forget that. But if the offense bogs down again, if it's... Sloppy operationally. If there's turnovers or the ball is put in jeopardy, there's the pre-snap penalties that pop up. And, oh, by the way, they don't put up 27 points in a win. Man, that makes things very loud oh, yeah. and very hot under the seat of Kyler Murray. Right. And so, so if Colt McCoy gives the Cardinals a better chance to win and beat the 49ers, you don't think players in the locker room know that? And it, wouldn't it be dangerous saying, well, we're, we're, we've, we've committed the $230 million to this guy. He's got to play. We, we, he, he has to be the guy. Yeah. We, we, can't, we can't look that foolish. That, that better not be getting in the way because that's a good way to lose a football team. So I, I want to believe what you said f- at first is the, is the truth here. That Colt McCoy's decisiveness and the Cardinals getting the lead basically just completely disengaged the Rams. It disengaged their pass rush, which they probably thought was certainly going to be easy for them given the state of the Cardinals' offensive line. And then once the Cardinals got the lead, the Rams were not coming back with John Wolford. No. So maybe maybe all of it cosmetically looks a little better than it really is. That would be the only rationale for giving the ball back to Kyler Murray if all things were equal. Yeah. If both players were healthy and ready to go, you got to serve your football team here, especially if you want to believe we've got a little bit of life here. You look beyond this game against against the, the 49ers in Mexico City, the Chargers can be a handful, but I, I, you don't know what you're going to get from Matt Davis and the Patriots. You don't know what you're going to get <laughs> from Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Those uh, so yeah, actually you do know that they're going to score ten points right exactly <laughs> so so on the on what's coming after this game doesn't look as bad as what it did earlier so if if you can find a way to win this thing this might get a little interesting mm-hmm. so it, this is why this decision is so fascinating to me because there's a lot of people who are looking at this going clearly Kyler Murray doesn't doesn't know this offense well enough to know that the ball's got to come out boom 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 or when when you're when the call is for a screen pass over here and you look over there and there's a, a safety creeping up and a quarterback playing press coverage maybe you look that off hmm. and go somewhere else 
One thing this I is going to be fascinating, yes, Vinny. It's going to be fascinating. One thing I am confident in saying at this point, before we know who's going to be the quarterback, is that I know Kyler Murray is a competitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, competitors want to play, and you really want to play. play. You really want to play when you see the guy who's behind you succeeding. You want to get back there, and you want to be the guy to lead your team <laughs> to a hope. similar result. Yep. Week eleven of Bix Picks is here. Text Pick to six twenty six twenty to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a seventy five inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. If you are a weekly winner, you get an NFL jersey of your choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. How do you get entered? Just text the word PICK to 620-620. Coming up next, uh, yeah, the NFC picture is still muddled heading into Week 11. How muddled is it? Who are the top five teams in the NFC through our eyes? We'll tell you next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Gazelle, taking you up until 10 o'clock. Uh, we had Carlos Dansby on earlier in the uh, show. Part of our discussion with Carlos had to, um, had to do with the Cardinals' place in the NFC picture heading into Week 11. And I know there's a lot of you know fans who probably have, have thrown up their hands and given up hope on this year based on what they've seen from the Cardinals. Again, they don't exist in a vacuum. The surroundings uh, in the NFL are not that treacherous right now. No. Uh, but we talked about it very generally yesterday on the show. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let's pinpoint it a little bit more. I, I, we have not compared notes. We've not compared thoughts on this. I'm very curious as to what your top five teams in the NFC West look like, or the NFC uh, look like held up against my top five teams. All right. All right. Okay, let's do it. So let's uh, let's start at number five. Who do you have at number five this week? I have the Seattle Sea Chickens. <laughs> they did not make my top oh, five. Oh, really? Who do you have at number five? Full admission, probably personal. <laughs> it's okay. They were just they were in my group of just missed out. All right. At number 5, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ah. who are back to even after their win in Germany. They're going into their bye week. There was a very telling stat. Uh Bruce Arians did an interview apparently with joebucksfan.com, which is a big Buccaneers website in Tampa. Uh, and he said, Tom Brady smiled in practice for the first time last week. That's the first time that's happened Uh-oh. all year. He's going to be just fine. Oh, <laughs> So they're not there yet. We talked about this possibility. So he's not crestfallen and heartbroken and sullen and... No, apparently he's happy that his ex-wife uh, is dating yeah. her jujitsu instructor. Who wouldn't be? It wouldn't be. She didn't end up with Pete Davidson, who's apparently got other plans for his dating life. Nick Cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, so you got Seattle at number five. I've got Tampa Bay at number four. Who do you have at number four? At number four, the Minnesota Vikings. At number four? At number four. Wow. The rationale behind that? You're still not a believer? I've got three teams that I like better than them. I, I know that sounds Perfect, ridiculous. Perfectly, I know, I know it sounds ridiculous. No, Listen, and, perfectly. And I, I, look, I, I've as as somebody who's friends with a lot of Minnesotans, I, I know the pain this franchise has caused them. They're a team that you just—it's like the Bills. They're a team that you have a hard time seeing them getting to the finish line because epic failures always meet them at the finish line. Epic, epic. Yeah, that's true. 
And so, uh, yeah, I, I want to believe, but I, I think I still think Kirk Cousins, although Kirk Cousins, if you watch the game against Buffalo, he was slinging it. And there's a lot of times Kirk Cousins throws passes. and I'm like, that ball is floating for 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. How is this not getting intercepted? But I, I, they've got a, a, what they've got now. The addition of T.J. Hawkinson, the, the the skill players they've got. Patrick Peterson had two picks last week. Yeah, he looks pretty good. He, he does. He yeah. actually looks pretty good. And so if, I, yeah. if you don't think he looks good, just ask him, and he'll tell you how good he is. So I got That's the Vikings, the eight and one Vikings at number four. I've got the Giants oh. at, at number four. Okay. A lot of these teams fall into the same category for me. Uh, the Giants. Are certainly one of them. The record looks glittery. I haven't watched a ton of Giants football, but you have this element of how are they doing this? Um, and they could be eight and two. They got mm. Detroit on Sunday at home. Who you got at number three? At number three, Vinny, I have got the San Francisco 49ers. That's who I have as well. Yeah. A five and five team. At number three in the conference. So the question, the really the the big question for the 49ers going forward is now that they've got Christian McCaffrey really getting acclimated and making big differences in games because he's a great player. Now that they're bringing back um, Debo Samuel, who is a phenomenal wide receiver. I said this earlier. Phenomenal. They've got the best pass catching wide receiver and the best ball carrying wide receiver in football. Are those two weapons? Will they compensate for what Jimmy G doesn't have? Does he have enough dump off? De- does he have enough stuff around him? Because you're talking when you throw George Kittle into the mix, those are three hardcore dudes yeah. on offense. Yeah, that's the big question. Did you see the video? You talk about what Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have. Did you see what he does have? What does he have? So Christian McCaffrey, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk are all sitting courtside at a Golden State Warriors game the other night. <laughs> After a routine, uh-huh. the dance team, they get done, they go over to the sideline, and all these female members of the dance team just flock towards Jimmy Garoppolo. It looks delicious from up here. Basically <laughs> ignoring the other three guys. Yeah. Straight time. And they were all razzing him about it. Wow. But again, your takeaway when you see this video is... How is one man that good looking? <laughs> oh, there was a recent game where Jimmy Garoppolo's brothers were featured in the stands. I was like, he got all the looks in the family. Oh, is that right? His brothers aren't even that good looking. <gasps> Terrible. Yeah. Wow. I, too, have a gorgeous Garoppolo and the 49ers at, no- at number three. <laughs> all right. At number two, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. I have the Eagles number two as well, down a peg after their loss to Washington on Monday night. Um, The Eagles should get right unless they run into the buzzsaw that is the Jeff Saturday Indianapolis Colts this weekend. As I said at the start of the show, the Arizona Cardinals, for all the grief they've taken from certain talk show hosts and from fans throughout the Valley, WIP Radio in Philadelphia ran a poll should we should the eagles fire their defensive coordinator and this was coming after their first loss of the season yeah. they had 10,000 people respond and 42% said yeah get him out of here the other 58% were like not only should he be fired he should be run out of town and we should go after his family too how about it <laughs> philly's a different place um so you've got uh philly at number 2 yeah. i've got philly at number 2 don't tell me 
The team you have at number one has been mentioned already in the segment, has it not? Uh, well, are you about to find out, are you not? Yeah, you tell at me. At number one in Dan Bickley's power rankings in the NFC, I can't believe I'm saying this. The you're, Buccaneers. Your eventual Super Bowl champion. The five and five what? Buccaneers at are number, number one. one. In, in, now listen, I watched that game on Sunday. Something about that crowd, that energy. I watched Tom Brady and I said, oh great, here he goes again. Dude yeah. is going to win another Super Bowl. Now I don't know if that's going to happen, but Tampa looked terrific. Tom looked good. And you mentioned B.A. said he smiled for the first time in practice. Been a rough go for Tom. It has been. Um, I, I'm, who do you have at number one? I have Minnesota at number one. Uh, that's right. That's right. Listen, neither of you have Dallas in your top no, five. Just missed no. Dallas. Just missed Seattle. And you know who else just missed? The Washington Commanders. Yeah. They've won three out of four. Their mm-hmm. defense is playing well. They're on the verge of getting Chase Young back. Uh-huh. They beat Philadelphia and nearly beat Minnesota, two teams that are combined 16-2 and two right now. And if they do the right thing and keep Heineke at quarterback, they could be a factor. They're always on the verge of getting Chase Young back. That's his signature but, move. But That's Vinny's good. right about this. You you really can't go back to Carson Wentz, can you? You can't do they, that. They no could. reason to. I guess they could. <laughs> it is Washington. They tend to do the wrong thing. That is true. <laughs> and then you've got to look out, too. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of Green Bay if that was just a one-off, if that was pride speaking. Yeah. But you, you just can't. Count out Aaron Rodgers. Never. I can't remember a year this deep into the NFL season where there was no dominant, not even dominant, no really good team. Like there's no really good team in the entire NFL. Yeah, I, no, maybe I the will. Chiefs. I would disagree. With I, you. I, I disagree with the Kansas NFL City's very thing. good, and I think Buffalo Buffalo Boy. is very good as well. I think I think Josh Allen has gotten sideways the last couple of Buffalo's games. Buffalo's in third place in their division. Right you know now. who else is really go- I believe is really good is Miami. But we were focusing on the NFC. Yeah, no, they're really good too. Yeah, I, but, but I, again, I think Buffalo is seriously legit. I think not having Brian Dayball there as an offensive coordinator, Josh Allen has taken some crazy, stupid risks. In the he, red zone lately. He, he does that. Yeah. He, he kind of quelled it last year. Kind of got that out of his game last like, year. Oh, he finally you know, corrected those issues. But no, it was it was on display big time in that loss to the uh, Vikings. That was interesting. I thought it would be, and it was. Coming up next, you know it's always interesting when we talk basketball with the great Al McCoy. Al about the Suns is next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Susan, CP3 for three. Al, about the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al, about the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Yes, Al will be on the mic tonight as the Suns host the Golden State Warriors at Footprint Center. You'll hear it here on 98.7 in the Arizona Sports app. And Al's on the phone right now joining us for Al About the Suns this week. Good morning, Al. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Nice to be able to visit with you again this morning. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, the, it wasn't much of a pleasure, that road trip for the Suns. They come back 1-3. and three. Really tough way to end it the other night in Miami. Um, just your overall thoughts, if you could, Al, on, on what you saw on the road trip from, from the Suns. Well, uh, up and down. But, uh, you know, I, I have mentioned several times of late that I'm not going to talk about officiating. <laughs> <laughs> but how can you not 
talk about the Miami game. I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's ridiculous. I mean, the Suns had four free throws. Their star, Devin Booker, had two of those four. Uh, Miami had, what, 25 or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Suns had 10 more fee- ten more baskets, 10 more field goals, and still lose the game. I mean, it's, it's getting to the ridiculous point that I think the Suns are going to have to make some real adjustments and start playing physical. They're going to have to start holding and knocking down and kicking and, and complaining. And if they all get thrown out in the first quarter, so be it. Uh, but they've got to start playing physical. They have to start playing physical basketball. And uh, they're not getting calls. They're not going to get calls. It's been that way since the ownership changed. It, it didn't used to be that way, gentlemen. I'm going to tell you that. Do you think uh, Charles Barkley, do you think uh, the other ownership, Jerry Colangelo, would have tolerated what's been happening with this officiating? No way. But uh, the Suns are going to have to change their style of play. They've got to get physical. They've got to get uh, physical defensively. And... Uh, let the dice roll and see what happens. But it was up point. and down on the road trip. And uh, when they lost, uh, they were not playing physical defensively, and they got outplayed as a result. Yeah, and, and I think some of that's going to have to start with D.A., and I know it's hard to ask somebody to give something that doesn't come to them naturally, and I think that's we that's kind of what we're all kind of realizing about D.A., that we got to be happy with what he gives, and he's a great kid, but he's just he's not going to be that ferocious kind of player that the Suns need. But I think if they're going to start getting calls, he's got to set small goals, maybe, maybe try to get to the line once a quarter. It shouldn't be too much to ask, but I agree with you. They've they've got to change something about the way they're playing because you're right. You you can't reconcile a 25 to four free throw discrepancy. As much as I like to give NBA officials a longer leash and not focus on them, that's impossible after a game like that. No question about it. And the lead official that night was one of the veteran officials in the league. But as I said, it's been that way now for over ten years. And the only thing that's going to stop it is the Suns themselves. They have to be aggressive defensively. And if they get called for fouls, so be it. As I said, if they, if they uh, throw the whole team out in the opening quarter, I, I'd go along with them. They have got to change or they're going to really be hurting this season because that's the way uh, the officials are playing games the Suns are involved in. Al McCoy, our guest every Wednesday here to talk uh, Suns basketball. Suns have the Warriors tonight at Footprint Center. Um, it, it's interesting, Al, the, the, the place that Suns fans are in after the last two seasons where you know there was so much winning in the regular season, especially last year. And I think the way things ended kind of conditioned Suns fan to say, you know what? Let's not put as much importance on the regular season. Let's make sure Chris Paul is right when the playoffs roll around. And maybe we'll be talking about a different finish and finishing with a championship. That being said, Chris Paul hasn't been out there for the last handful of games. And I'm sensing a little bit of panic because of the struggles. What do you make of, of the handling of, of Chris Paul? Is this the right thing to do for them to be overcautious with an injury that appears minor? Uh, but, you know, he, he still had some extended time off. Well, you know, you you make a good point, and, of course, we never really know the extent of injuries. We've talked about this before. Years ago, teams had to spell out what the injuries were and spell it out to the league so that we all knew. We don't now. Uh, I think uh, if he has been hurting, certainly you want him to be uh, 100%. And uh, so we'll see what happens if he's able to play tonight and uh, what goes from there. 
Uh, the other thing, uh, when we're talking about physical play, as you both know, the Suns over the last couple of years have had really one player that comes out and really played physically every night. You know who that player was, don't you? Chris Paul. Devin well, Booker. Jason Crowder. Jay Crowder. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And where well, is that is true. That is true. Where is he? It's a great question. I think he's in Atlanta. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I don't know what's happening with the Jay Crowder situation, but obviously they're missing his physical yeah. play. And, uh, you know, let's get something done. Yeah, I'm uh, with you on that. See how, how you can pay a player full salary and just overlook it and uh, say he's not with the team. Something's got to happen. That's yeah. a great point. Cause I, and I said this last week to Vinny. I would think at some point in time, if you're James Jones, you, you, you'd call Jay Crowder's agent and you say, listen, we told your guy to stay away. We tried to get a trade done. There's nothing out there that we like right now. We need your guy to come back to camp because we're paying him. I, they have every right to do that. I certainly agree. And as I said, when we talk about physical play, he was the one guy that gave it to you every night. I think you both would agree. That is true. We're talking with Al McCoy, all about the Suns, every Wednesday here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, second time uh, the Suns get the Warriors this year. Last time uh, it was a, night, a good night for the Suns. They won big. Uh, Devin Booker had a great performance. We saw the ejection of, of, of Clay Thompson. He got under his skin a little bit. Uh, the Warriors have floundered as defending champions. What, what do you make of, of what you've seen so far from the Warriors this season, Al? Well, we have maybe have talked about too much uh, negativity here so far. I mean, let's face it, the Suns are still an outstanding team. And when they come out and they move the basketball and they're hitting their shots, they're a terrific team, not only to watch the broadcast, but they're a terrific team that can win a lot of games. And uh, against Golden State, uh, Golden State does a lot of flopping and complaining, but they're not a real physical team. And the Suns match up against them pretty well. They don't have a real legitimate center. So we're going to see a good game tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Golden State's struggling. There's no question about it. It. And uh, their personnel is not what it has been maybe as much, and they're not getting as much out of certain players. But they do have a couple of young players that can have big nights. Poole is certainly one of them. Yeah. So it should be an interesting evening. But as I said, let's not forget the Suns are still an exciting team. When they're on top, when Booker's hitting and Mikel Bridges is scoring and DeAndre Ayton's doing his thing, look out. The Suns uh, can win a lot of games, no question. All right, last question for you, Al. Um, I love guys who are instant offense off the bench, and I really like the vibes of this Dwayne Washington Jr. kid. Do you think he can sustain this? Do you think he can maybe bring this team some of that consistently off the bench? I think you have to give it a try, don't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think he deserves some time now. I don't think there's any question about it. I think he definitely deserves some time, and we'll see what happens tonight. This would be a great team for him to come off the bench and uh, and score some points. Yep, Al, always a great uh, stuff. A Al. pleasure to talk to you. I, I know it's uh, it's going to be a transition for a lot of people, but for for the man who coined the phrase "the Purple Gang" from Phoenix, you going to roll out the Turquoise Gang from Phoenix on the broadcast tonight. Well, I'm anxious to see them. I haven't seen them in person yeah. in the uniforms. And, of course, it's a great following. The Indian cause is one we all respect. Uh, they call it turquoise. They just look like pale blue to me. But, you know, <laughs> old school. I'll go with turquoise if that's what they want. All right. Hell, and I, 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 I keep hearing your advice from last week. Getting old isn't for sissies. 
right. See you, bud. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Al. Al Have a good guys. You too. Al McCoy, the Hall of Famer. Legendary voice of the Suns. He joins us every Wednesday to talk uh, Suns basketball. He'll be on the call tonight with Tim Kempton and John Bloom. Suns and Warriors tip off at 8 o'clock. Coming up next, K-1 or not K-1? That is the question. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings. Here live from the Akchin Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata Mornings. We had a feeling it, it would probably be Colt. Um, just because, like I said, I want Kyler to be able to be 100% and really take off. In the last game, he wasn't able to really s- separate like he can when he gets in those open spaces, and that's a big weapon for him. Cliff Kingsbury from Monday when asked about uh, Kyler Murray. Was he close to playing against the Rams? And the answer, no. Had a feeling it would be Colt because uh, Kyler Murray, you want him to be able to accelerate. And we heard from episode one of Hard Knocks, the play where he was, uh, a- after he tweaked the hamstring is when he committed the fumble on the scramble. Mm-hmm. And and he explained, yeah, I didn't feel like I could really open it up. I felt like I was jogging out there. Uh, I wonder how much, uh, you know, we don't know the severity of the injury. We don't know. Uh, it was described as a tweak. We do know that Kyler Murray played a full half of, of football uh, with that injury. With no real noticeable limp or anything like that. Yeah. I, I didn't, there wasn't a time where I watched no. that game either where you're like, hey, he doesn't look right. Yeah. I, because he, in the second half of that game, there were a couple of running attempts and there was one designed run. And it's a, so the idea that he's hurt enough to miss this game doesn't fly with me. Yeah, I mean, Ed, you know, they'll have uh, that extra day of preparation uh, for the Monday night game in Mexico. Um, but yeah, th- th- this is the question, and I know you've kind of been inundated and bombarded with with questions and, and comments from people. People want to know who's going to be the quarterback for the well, Cardinals, especially after a win and a sturdy performance by Colt McCoy. Here's what I'll tell you. I had to do a lot of errand shopping yesterday, and I ran into a lot of people, and they all wanted to say the same thing to me, and that was more Colt McCoy! And and I get there's 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 a good faction of the Cardinal fans that, that don't vibe and dig Kyler Murray, but I think that game on Sunday, things were were really, really hot for Cliff Kingsbury for a while. Based on the way the offense looked, based on the regression of everything and, and everybody on a team that just didn't look dangerous and looked like everybody had figured him out. And that game Colt McCoy put out there has changed the calculus. And, and to a person yesterday, it was all that. It was why would Colt McCoy, why would they not run that back? Why would he not be playing against the 49ers? Well, things get complicated here. It's, there's, there's, there's more nuance here than just, yes. oh, clearly Kyler Murray doesn't know the offense, but that's kind of how it looked. Well, a, a performance like that, and we could say this um, with, with all certainty, Kyler Murray, among the Cardinals fan base, is a divisive figure. That's true. You wouldn't think that a number one overall pick who just signed a gigantic contract, uh, that the reaction to him would be split as much as it is. Him not being on the field last Sunday in a win while Colt McCoy did play well and things looked more buttoned up, I guess is the mm-hmm. way to put it. Yeah. That empowers the Kyler critics to come out. And, and I saw it, if I saw it once, I saw it a thousand times on social media. Mm-hmm. If I could count how many times I saw the words immature, pouty, petulant, study, childish, video games, study, all of those yeah. things, you get empowered. Oh, but yeah. We're all guilty of having short memories. What I, my takeaway from that game with Colt McCoy at quarterback was. 
the Cardinals followed their formula. When they were successful a year ago, they had a formula. That was to jump out to leads and impose their will offensively. Mm-hmm. They could do it in the passing game with more creative passing plays. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were able to run the football. They didn't do it with great effectiveness against the Rams, but they didn't need to, and they showed enough of it for it to work. Yeah, We are also guilty on that short memory front of... of you know, has everybody forgotten how when, when things did not go according to plan last year with Colt McCoy, it was awful. They got blown the hell out by a horrible Carolina Panthers football team yes. with Colt McCoy at quarterback. Yes. And I'm not pinning that on Colt McCoy. I'm pinning it on the failure failure to recognize and enact their formula, which right. was very clear. And yeah. it, you know, is the formula the, going to be there against San Francisco? That's, that's if so, not, it doesn't matter who's yeah. at quarterback. Well, that's interesting. Um, I, I do think, though, the, the optics of it all, it really was jarring to see how fast that ball was coming out of Colt McCoy's hand. Uh-huh. And, and so, and, and the numbers that I was like two point zero eight seconds. It, yes, and so it's so for whatever reason you ask yourself what is going on with Kyler Murray when he gets a football? Can he not play on schedule like that? Well, like you said, that that kind of flies in the face of what we saw during seven zero and ten and two last year. Yes. And and in a bigger picture, you know how professional sports work. When there's a big dollar guy that ain't right, very frequently you got to stick with that big dollar guy because getting him right is the most important thing but but the locker room dynamic is very very real and if if there's part of that locker room that doesn't dig kyler murray for whatever reason but he, he's he's clearly not the same kind of leader that colt mccoy is and colt mccoy's got 13 years you know on kyler murray of practice of being in nfl locker rooms we all remember last year how out of the blue he went up to who'd he go up to he, he went up to chandler jones and said you're chandler stinking jones yeah. you don't know me man but i'm going to tell you let it rip yeah remember I mean, that chandler jones could use another visit oh boy from McCoy could he ever days. could he ever <laughs> uh so so i think that it's what's going to be interesting to me is what's this going to look like and what's it going to feel like because if 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 that very basic conclusion that Colt McCoy is in a better spot right here and now to operate this offense, then the football team knows it, and the football team will resent him not playing. That's if it's as simple as it it looks and as some people yeah. want it to be. I wish I had the stat in front of me because Colt McCoy's numbers, again, I think 2.08 seconds time to throw was the fastest for any Cardinal quarterback this year. Barely beat out. Kyler Murray in the first game against the Rams, they were mm-hmm. very close. It was a fraction, like a hundredth of a second difference. The difference was where the ball was going. You know, there's one thing to get rid of the ball quick. I think any quarterback can do that, but mm-hmm. are you delivering it to the right place? That's true. Are you, that keep, too. Are you keeping it out of jeopardy? Those were things that stood out last week. Um, Kyler Murray is capable of doing those things. And maybe, I mean, we could just consider this as a, and this might come off as a Pollyanna possibility, but a week away. You know, sometimes when you're struggling to do anything in life and you just step away from it and then you go at it again, you got a different viewpoint. So maybe being on the sidelines for a week with a hamstring tweak and, you know, wearing a headset and being in street clothes and seeing somebody else do your job can mm-hmm. kind of recalibrate your view on how to do it. And, and I I'm, hope so. I'm, I'm, I'm positive that yeah. Kyler Murray is, is, you know, 
raring to go and wanting to get back on that field to prove that he can be that guy because, quite honestly, he has not instilled that confidence no. in this football team no. this year. And, and any competitor would want to go and seize the moment and say, great job, Colt, let me take it from here. Mm-hmm. That's what you would yes. do. Yeah. And and so that's why it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing is framed um, and and what the Cardinals choose to do with this thing. I mean, I very exp- if Kyler Murray's healthy, I'm quite certain he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he is a better quarterback but then again you've got to then you got to step back and ask yourself how do you get him to operate with the poise and the professionalism that the backup just did yeah the opposition has a lot to do with that too i know yeah could colt mccoy have pulled that off against san francisco last week that's a great question that's a great great question but that's also you know Stacking, stacking the deck against Kyler Murray. If, if if the Cardinals, who are playing a much better football team, don't find a way to win, you know the the lazy critics will come out and say, "Oh, Kyler Murray cost them this game." Yeah, you got to consider the the opposition in in all of this, mm-hmm. and, and that's without knowing what what Monday night looks like in Mexico City. It could be, you know, we could be talking about a Cardinals resurgence. Uh, Carlos Dansby certainly appeared pretty optimistic about it. You're still in it. You still got a chance. You know, I'm not as optimistic as he is, but you know, I think you have to consider all those things in breaking this down. One of the things that you said coming into the break, we should probably tell our listeners, is that brace for a big red wave of 49er Wait, fans. What? <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I didn't even mean that to sound political, yeah, and, I, and that doesn't make sense anyways because Cardinals wear red as well. Oh, Eight, there's going to be a ton of red in that state. There will be, yeah. <laughs> Vinny, red and gold over. Vinny, yeah, Vinny found a story that 82 percent of the tickets sold are from 49ers fans. It's, it's a uh, projection a from projection. Vivid Seats. Yeah. Uh, Nick Wagner, who covers the 49ers for ESPN, said Vivid Seats fan forecast is projecting that 49ers fans will occupy 82 percent of the crowd at Estadio Azteca. Oof. Oof. And, and it's not surprising. 49ers fans as. As as rough edged as they have been over the years, they travel incredibly well. What they what they did to the Rams earlier this year was almost obscene. They do it every year to the Rams. I know, but a lot of teams so... do that to the Rams. Yeah. Uh, so, you know the perils of having a football team in a city that doesn't have a fan base. Uh-huh. Right. Uh huh. Right. Right. They do. It's just the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, a team that doesn't even play in that state yeah, that's anymore. That's right. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android, and you'll never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price sell. Your home get high, uh, guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, we hit the nine o'clock hour with social media, social studies with Sarah Gazelle is uh, straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.